1: We are a tech-savvy church. You should come for that reason and that reason only. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, yeah, we are starting a safety and security team. Uh, you notice that the, the theater is open now. So we've existed for about a year and a half. And so there hasn't been a need to because the building's locked down. But now that the building's open to the public about 9.30 every morning, we're just gonna just add, just to have someone for the kiddos out in the lobby or uh, as a resource to people if they're walking by our stuff just to see what's going on too. So. But yeah, if you're interested in that uh, or you t- seem to be intimidating, we would love to have you on our security team. So I want you to consider that. Yeah, that's a, that is a, a very much uh, criteria for, for that. But we're, we're super excited. So happy Father's Day also to all the dads in the room. Glad you guys uh, are here. And again, uh, popcorn, take popcorn, uh, Cokes. We don't want to take any home with us. Uh, also, if you're not a father, uh, please take them. As well, because as I like to say, if you are a father, nothing is actually yours, uh, and so we just assume that we give, you know, it to everyone. So that's ha- kind of how we work. So, but we've been in the book of Psalms, and we haven't gone. We're not going straight through it like we do in most of our books. We're kind of looking, picking, and choosing a few of them that are kind of maybe slightly different than one another, um, different themes uh, that are in the book of Psalms, uh, and I'm, I'm excited about that because. The, this, we're ta- we're calling this series, um, A Psalm's a Prayer Book for Ordinary Exiles. And if you want to know more about why we chose that name, you can go to the first uh, sermon in this series. You can go back to our, our, our uh, like you have a Spotify podcast or you can watch online as well. But really, it's, you know, a lot of this, a lot of those psalms was put together. The reason why it was put together in a book form or in a scroll form back in the day is because the people of Israel were sent into exile. And to remember the temple songs, they wrote it down on a scroll. And so this is, this is for people who uh, were in exile, that longing for the world to be right, longing for the people of Israel to have a, a, a homeland again. Uh, and then for us as followers of Jesus is that we're longing for Jesus to come back and to make the world right. And that's, that's what it is. So we are exiles. We are aliens, as First Peter says, in this land. Strangers is a, d- is a different word immigrants, I guess you could say as well, uh, in this world. And uh, we long for Jesus to come back and to solidify and and to finish what he started on the cross with his death and resurrection. So Today, uh, we're looking at Psalm 72, so if you have your Bibles, you can flip there, or if you have your iPhones or whatever you use to, to read the Bible, uh, you can find it there. It'll be on the screen as well, but Psalm 72 uh, is written by a guy named Solomon, and uh, Solomon is the third king of Israel, and he uh, is actually, but other than Jesus, is probably the wisest man ever to live, uh, only because he asked God for wisdom and God gave it to him. We'll look at that story in a second. Uh, but psalm seventy two um <coughs> excuse me it also me turn me down just a little bit Sorry. psalm seventy two uh also is we talked about this in the first series er, as well is uh psalms is divided up into five different books and psalm seventy two is the last uh psalm or prayer or song in the second book. And the reason we know this is from Psalm seventy two, verse nineteen, because every book ends with this phrase. It says, Blessed be his glorious name forever, the Son of God. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. And we see this and, and Psalm seventy two really focuses on the type of kingdom that one Solomon is asking God for him to create uh, in the in, in 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 the kingdom of Israel. But he's also asking. this also is a precursor or a picture of the type of kingdom that God wants to establish on this earth. And so we're going to look at that. Now, uh, throughout this, this specific sermon today, uh, I do want to talk to you about how the book of Psalms is, is, is for you could be a launching pad for your own prayer life. I don't, know, I don't know how much time you spend praying. I don't know what it looks like. If it's more like I pray before a meal or I always say my prayers before I go to bed uh, or like you actually are have a prayer journal and you write, I don't know the depth or the width or of, of what your prayer life looks like. But for a lot of us, prayer can be difficult. Prayer can be hard, and it's like I don't know where to begin. I don't even know what to say. And so the Psalms can be a launching pad for your prayer life. It can be a place. It can be a starting point. Meaning, this is that you can start, and it even maybe even this is taking a psalm that you really connect with, with which whatever season that you're in, writing out that psalm, like literally just writing out word for word that psalm, and then whenever your own words come. Begin writing your own words as well. So letting it be uh, a launch pad or letting it be a diving board, if you will, to what God might want to, to do that. There's a, there's a movie from the early 2000s, which I don't know if any of you would have seen. And has anyone seen the movie Finding Forrester? Anyone ever seen the movie Finding Forrester? All right, there's about six of us. Awesome. Good for all of you. Sean Connery movie. But it's basically about this guy who's mentoring another, a, young, a younger guy about writing. And to help him, he's just explaining him to just, you just need to write. What's the first part of step of writing? Writing. What's the first step of praying? Praying, right? So it's kind of the same concept. But the guy just sits there, and they have typewriters, which if you don't know what a typewriter is, ask your dad. Okay, it's Father's Day. He'll really appreciate that question. So, but they're on these typewriters, and he's like, just write. And he's like, I don't have anything to write. And so he gives him a prompt, if you will, from one of his pieces that he's written prior. And he said, just start typing this. And uh, this is the quote. He says, "It's uh, sometimes it's the simple rhythm uh, gets us from page one to page two. And when you begin to feel your own words, start typing them. I love that quote because sometimes it's for you to begin your own personal prayer life, it's going to take you looking at uh, or you writing out someone else's words and then allowing you to, to, to find your own, and then eventually you'll be running, off and running as well. So uh, a big part of this series isn't just like, oh, cool, we were in the Psalms in the summer. And I know about all this stuff. It's like, no, that this would greatly increase your knowledge of prayer and also that your practice of prayer as well. A little bit more about King Solomon. So again, third son, he's the son of David. Uh, king, he's a third king of Israel, not third son, third king of Israel. And here's an interesting story from him in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 7. It should be on the screen. It starts like this. He says, Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father, but I am only a little child and do not know how much to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people uh, you have chosen and a great people, two, two numbers to count or numbers. So give your servant, and, and this, is, this, this little response is after uh, God says, hey, ask, like you can have anything. What do you want? And this is what Solomon asks, right? So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people, and dis- to distinguish between right and wrong for who is able to govern this great people of yours hey give uh, other people describe this as wisdom so give your servant wisdom or a discerning heart to govern your people and so what does god say in response in verse 11 he says since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth it's like it's like you have the you know it's like you have the three wishes or the genie like moment with with god which god is not a genie that's a bad illustration but it could feel this way as you read this it's like you didn't ask for long life, like, I want to live forever. You didn't ask for, like, I want immense wealth. You asked for, uh, nor have you asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment. You didn't ask to kill all of your enemies, right? You asked for discernment to minister what? To justice, what's right and what's wrong. So what does he say? He says, I will do what you have asked, and I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never be, there never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be And then verse 13 says, Moreover, he's not done. I will give you what you've not asked for. You uh, will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as David, your father, I will give you a long life. Then Solomon awoke and realized it had been a dream. But he had this moment with the Lord and he asked wisely. He chose wisely. And so but as we look at Psalm 72 again like I, w- I want to highlight there's kind of three things that that you'll see from this number one this is these are things that Sol- Solomon is asking for in similar like kind of content to wanting a discerning heart to know what is right or wrong two these are characteristics of when Jesus says repent for the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is at hand that these are also attributes of God's kingdom that are foreshadowing the kingdom that Jesus has established on earth uh, commenced with his uh, death and resurrection and that we'll be finished with his return. And then three, that these are attributes and specific things that we as people of God today um, should be pursuing and trying to live out as well. These these are these are characteristics of the life that we should live and what we should seek as well. So let's let's take a look at this because this is what we learn about God's kingdom. First thing you learn is this God's kingdom is full of God's justice that God's kingdom is full of God's justice it opens like this give the king your justice that's pretty straightforward O God and your righteousness to the royal son may he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice you see this, Solomon longing for justice. Give your king your justice, God. Like, may he judge rightly, and Jesus uh, is is the king of kings, and he does judge rightly, and he cares for those that are in need. So what does God's justice look like? He continues on in verse 3. He says, let the mountains bear prosperity for the people and the hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor of the people, Give deliverance to the children of the needy and crush the oppressor. May they fear you while the sun endures and as long as the moon throughout all generations. May he be like rain that falls on the mown grass, like showers that water the earth in his day. May the righteous flourish and peace abound till the moon be no more. So what does it look like? It, it looks like prosperity and provision for those that are in need. It looks like seeking righteousness, seeking what is right and wrong. It looks like defending the poor. It looks like de- delivering uh, the kids of the needy. It looks like crushing the oppressors at wells. It looks like there's a healthy fear of the Lord. And it looks like this, this provision of a water, a spring leading to growth that leads to righteousness and, pr- and, and peace so god's kingdom God's kingdom is full of god's justice of wo- of choosing right over wrong of choosing right over wrong now I, I I was thinking about this yesterday. I was like you know it's like sometimes we like misunderstand justice because we're uh we have first world problems. Anyone else ever have a first world problem? You all do because you're in the first world. good for you congratulations you made it you did something to do that probably not uh, but uh like like, uh, have you ever had a Have you ever had your phone break before? Your screen break on your phone, and you get really mad, and you think like the world has come to an end, and you're wondering where the justice is? That's not the kind of justice what we're talking about here. Okay, just go to the store; they'll fix it for you, and you can pay for that. It's not justice; that's just called life. It's hard sometimes. Okay, but but what you're really getting at is this: that God has this passion for like doing good over evil. God has a passion for of of the oppressors. Uh, uh, the oppressors uh, being found and being and taken care of not like in a good way but like like justice towards them d- a punishment towards them that he would crush the oppressors and that he has a heart for those that are in need he has a heart for the lowly as well and, and you really get this if you're really looking at, at the gospels and you're looking at the story of Jesus you really see God really have a heart for the oppressed the broken the blind the needy the lame that those that are in need they need they, they need Jesus as well. And, um, and I, I think this sounds this sounds pretty amazing. Now, uh, to kind of model a little bit of this for you is uh, I've actually written, like, a continuation prayer or a paraphrase of this if I was going to switch my words into this language. And if there's grammatic mistakes, you can yell at me later because I wrote this and then I proofed it, which means there's probably going to be some typos, and you're welcome. The English teachers that are in the room, I apologize, Joanna. Um, you can give me a C later. Uh, so, but... Anyway, but this is a prayer, and, this, and again, this is what I want to encourage you to do. Sometime today, take a psalm, take Psalm 72, take a Psalm 16 like we did last week, take Psalm 1, and like begin to d- read it, write it out, and then let your words flow from it. But this is, this is for this little section, it says this. It says, God, will you provide for the needs of the people in our world uh, and our families? Will you care for the physical and spiritual and mental needs of the poor and oppressed that they find deliverance from their persecutors? God, will you show me what it looks like to fear the Lord? May I know the truth of how awesome you are. May your righteousness and peace abound in my life and the life of my family and extend it into the world. And it's really simple. I mean, it doesn't have to be like this, I don't know, it doesn't have to be crazy thing. It could just be like if you're experiencing, if you're in a place where you are feeling oppressed, it can literally just be, God, will you crush my oppressor? God, will you crush my oppressor? Will you deliver me from my oppressor? Deliver me from my oppressor. It doesn't even have to be as, as as written out as that. It can be as simple. Second thing that God's kingdom is like is that God's kingdom extends to the ends of the earth. That God's kingdom—it's not supposed to just be like when we think about kingdoms. If you if you think about medieval times, not the place where you go and watch people ride on horses, right? I've ne- was there ever a medieval times in Kansas City? Do you guys know what medieval times is? Cool. Okay. Sweet. There was one where I grew up, so that could have been weird. Um, but medieval, like medieval history, right? There's kingdoms, right? There's just England and France. They have kingdoms and they have borders and things like that. Well, God's kingdom is not supposed to ever end. It's, a, it's not supposed to ever end, and, and at some point it will. It will. It will, one, it will never end, but it also will extend to the ends of the earth. And then, so, like in Solomon's time, like he's asking for this kingdom to go out further, right? Because he's a king of a nation. And for in Jesus' time, it's it's. It's talking about this kingdom where one day God will, uh, he is ruling and reigning right now, but we all can look outside. It's kind of rough out there sometimes that when God, Jesus comes back, it'll extend to the ends of the earth. And then right now, as we live in the 21st century, is that we can be extensions of his kingdom as Christ's followers as well. And so what are you doing to seek justice, to seek righteousness, to crush oppressors in the world that you're living in right now so that the kingdom of God is 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 extending in your area as well? So it goes like this in verse 80, it says, may, may he have dominion from sea to sea and from river to the ends of the earth. May death. Desert tribes bow down before him, and his enemies lick the dust. That sounds disgusting. Uh, verse ten: May the king uh, of Tarsus and the coastlands render him tribute. May the kings of Sheba and, and Seba bring gifts. May all the kings fall down before him. All nations serve him. And if you I mean, if you look at this, I can't help but think about the passage that talk about in the New Testament. We're talking about every tribe, every tongue, every nation will sing. Praise be to God like every every person at some point in, in, in history will eventually see that Jesus is the king and that he is going to extend it over all the earth and, and I'll be honest with you like this is one that in, in and today in the age when you look outside and if you go it's rough out there or it's it's bad out there and the world's getting worse wherever you fall there or the world's always been worse, we need Jesus, whatever else it is but like this is one where it's like I, I am praying desperately. That 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 Jesus' kingdom would exist here presently now, and then I'm longing for His return as well, so that we don't have to endure the difficulty of this life anymore. Because this life can suck sometimes. Let's just be honest. This life can be hard sometimes. Uh, Jake and I have been talking about sin in our Thursday podcast, and um, and and we talk about how. Um, like you know human beings Adam and Eve they were in the garden with God and there's a place where heaven and earth met and they were in communion with God and then because of their disobedience they were exiled and sent out of the garden and they they were sent out into a wilderness like thing and it's it's cr- it's scary out here sometimes you know what i mean and it's it's crazy out here sometimes and and so for for me uh something i've been learning and i I will process this more At another time, we might do a sermon series or we might do it through another book. But there is a responsibility of the believer to call out to God when they see injustice and say, God, let your justice reign in this place because you are a God of justice. You are a God of good over evil. You're a God of right over wrong. And sometimes we see it. We see Moses People of Israel, they do actually evil, but God has called these people to be His chosen uh, nation, and Moses has to remind God of, of 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 the of this promise, so that God doesn't kill him. Now, is w- God going to kill him? I don't think so. But for whatever reason, we see this. This servant, if you will, petitioning to God, saying, "You promised this, and you you said that you were going to do this. What will it do to your name?" And so, there's a position of followers of Jesus where we have the responsibility to petition to God, to 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 plead with God to bring His kingdom, His goodness, His justice into spaces into our life. And if you're in a dark place right now, like maybe, may, like maybe it's I want to complain. Maybe it's one. Like I don't like screw you, God. Maybe it's whatever it is, but maybe it's like no, God. Like this is who you are. This is what your character says, and I need like I'm I'm praying that your character would shine through in this space today. It's a different position because it's 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 a different trusting God because it's believing God for who He says He is to be, as opposed to saying this didn't happen, so God must not be this. It's saying no, God is this. Therefore, this should happen. Therefore, I will pray, God, Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what that's where I think that prayer comes from when Jesus when He teaches us on the Sermon on the Mount. It's it's this begging, it's this petitioning to God, saying, "God, Thy Kingdom come, like Your Kingdom come here and now in the present. I know You're going to do something in the future to make this all right, but right now it's so broken that God, I need Your justice, I need Your goodness, I need Your righteousness, I need Your light to shine into this dark place. I need Your deliverance, I need Your forgiveness, I need whatever it is. I need it to come right here, right now, because of who You said You are to be. So. The prayer I wrote for this section is, God, may your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May your reign extend unto the ends of the earth, and may all the nations know, or may all the nations acknowledge you as Lord and follow your Son, Jesus. And so, and the, the, what I want to give you permission to do is I want to give you permission to petition. I want to give you permission to petition to God, to to plea with God. I mean, look uh, look at the conversations that Job has with God in the book of Job. He's like shouting, asking God where he is, because He something happens to him, and people want to solve the problem and say, well, you must have sinned. You must have done something wrong. You must have did this or that. No, no, no. He just lives in this broken world, and he's crying out for justice, and there's a healthy petitioning that happens. Moses does the same thing as well, and so for us, if you're seeing injustice, if you're seeing places that you're begging for God's kingdom to come and to shine into, like keep going, keep petitioning, keep asking, keep seeking because God truly is who he says he is in the scriptures, that he is faithful, that his, 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 his loving kindness never ends and extends, and so we need to lean into his character and trust him as well. So the next one is that God's kingdom is where the needy are, uh, is where the needy are rescued. There, there's this theme in God's kingdom. The, again, the oppressed, the needy, the blind, the broken. They 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 find deliverance. Verse twelve says, "For he delivers the needy when he calls the poor and and him who has no helper. He has pity on the weak and the needy, and he saves the lives of the needy from oppression and violence. He redeems their life." And precious is their blood in his sight. So he delivers the needy and the poor. Now he, there is a there is a caveat that they must call. Uh, he has pity, or charity, or grace is another word uh, on on the weak and the needy, and he saves them from what oppression and violence. Prayer here, God, deliver those who need help. When I when I am in need, remind me to call on your name and find deliverance, help, and salvation. That I would be a person that remembers that you're the one that helps and delivers and brings restoration, because like uh, precious is their blood in His sight. Like He cares about one, those who are being persecuted and being destroyed in some ways, and also just their life. He cares about their life. It reminds me of uh, Luke four when Jesus is about to start His ministry. If we started Luke when right when we first started. Mission City, going through that, and we we talked about this verse because this is Jesus' announcement, his inauguration. He's quoting Isaiah 61. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news or gospel to who? The poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and to recover the sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of our Lord's favor. God's kingdom. Is where the needy are rescued. They're saved, they're found, they're cared about. That's why if you go look at the Beatitudes in Matthew 5 and you see blessed are those and blessed is the you know the poor in spirit blessed is this blessed is the meek blessed is this it's not blessed are those that are at the top it's the it's the blessed are those who recognize their need for Jesus because we are weak we are poor and we are in desperate need of God to come and redeem our world and to redeem us and he does that on the cross and he gives us life through his spirit as well The next one is this, is that God's kingdom is full of worship. So in response to this, in response to his justice, in response to his righteousness, in response to his rescuing and delivering the needy from the oppressed, in response to his kingdom reigning forever, there is praise. I skipped a few verses. We'll skip down to 17. It says this, May his name endure forever, his fame continue as long as the sun. May people be blessed in him. All nations call him blessed. Blessed, the blessed be the Lord. Anytime you see L O R D capitalized, that's the short name for the word Yahweh. It's it's, it's God's name. Um, Jewish people won't say it. But blessed be Yahweh, who, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be his glorious name forever. And what? May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. And this is kind of th- an extra conclusion to book two, verse 20. The prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. It's the first two books of Psalms, if you will. One uh, book, uh, Psalm 1 to verse 72 is about David's family. So David and Solomon. And, uh, and and this one, when you see the blessing, is this is this is just this gives language and helps you figure out. Well, how do I praise God? What does it look like to praise God? What does it look like to give God glory? What does it look like to bless the name of the Lord? Well, the Psalms is full of these like little beginnings and endings, and sometimes whole songs and Psalms and, and prayers that talk uh, like about praising and blessing God. And so, but this one is a little trick that, that I like to add is I just like to put Jesus's name into when it says him most most of the time. Because then I'm just I'm just putting Jesus' name in. Because again, this is uh, when Jesus is explaining to the disciples, the end of Luke, that all of this, the law and the prophets, basically the whole Old Testament, is about Him. And we see a, a, a thing about God's kingdom in in the book of Psalms that this this psalm is about. Jesus. It's about his kingdom that he's establishing forever as well. And so I just put Jesus' name in. So this is my prayer for the end of this section. It says, Jesus, may your name endure forever and fame continue as long as the sun. May people be blessed in your name, Jesus, and all the nations call you blessed. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things, blessed is Jesus glorious name forever may the whole earth be filled with his glory amen and amen and again just simply like I don't even, I can't even paraphrase anything you know what change one word and then now you've, you have this prayer that you can pray to Jesus as well because we have been called to uh, we have been called to to engage and to pray with God, to talk to God, to dialogue with God as we as we do this. And this book is is a book for you that if you're full of joy, it's for you. If you're full of sadness, it's for you. If you're if you're in exile, it's for you. If you're in victory, it's for you. And it gives you words and languages and, and language for you to write and to dialogue with God where, where you might have not had it as well. And as you grow in this, it also allows you to be something that I would call an, an intercessor. As someone that stands in the gap, and Jesus is ultimately the intercessor that is at the right hand of the Father, petitioning or intercessing, speaking on your behalf for you, but also for us as we are a community who makes Jesus known, as a community that cares about each other, that we want to bear one another's burdens, as, as, as a community that we together uh, can stand in the gap for our friends. If we know our friends are struggling, if we see injustice for someone that's in our lives, that we can begin to pray and petition for other people as well. And become having a pattern of petitioning for the people in our lives and for the brokenness in the world around us as well. Standing in the gap for them as well. I don't know why the imagery comes. Uh, how many of you guys rode the bus as kids growing up? Like none of you? Okay, wow, well, all of you. That's cool. I'm like, I'm like, uh so how many of you remember a bus drill? You guys remember bus drills? No, bus drills. It's it's when you learn to evacuate the bus in case of an emergency. Now, when I was, when I was a kid on a bus, they didn't have like the 18 exits like they do now. You know what I'm saying? Like they had like the one roof exit. They had the front door and then they had the back door, right? Now they got the window, they got the side door, they got like eight exits on the top. I don't even know. We weren't that lucky. We never had to evacuate ever other than the bus drill. Okay. And, but, but I don't know if you remember this, but uh, I used to like to be the guy that was in the back of the bus because I like to be the first one off the bus because I was going to run away faster than everyone else. Not really. Uh, no, because I wanted to be the guy that helped all the other people get off the bus. You guys remember that? Like if you have to exit from the back. And so what do you do? You and another person, you stand there and they tell you, hold up your arm like this with your fist so that someone will grab your arm and they'll grab the other arm and they'll hold hold your they'll literally hold your fist like this and they'll use you to jump down down so they don't fall and hurt themselves even worse and all you're doing is just standing here holding your arm up do you guys remember what I'm talking about have you ever exited a bus like this before yeah and if the person isn't strong enough it's terrifying right like if it's a person like this like you're like what's going on I'm gonna hurt myself I don't know why me bending my knees (laughs) illustrated someone wasn't strong enough I'm sorry if you're shorter than I am I I was not making a knock at you I I promise you're all stronger than me okay I, I know it uh but for whatever reason the picture of intercessing of just going like, hey, I'm I'm here with you. Like, hey, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be with you on the way down. If you're going on the way down, I'm gonna be here with you. I'm gonna petition to you, I'm gonna help get you to hopefully to a safer space as well. But I'm gonna petition for you and I'm gonna pray for you. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit, I'm gonna I'm gonna petition on behalf of God's character and the promises that He's made for you that what's going on in your life is not okay and it is not good and, and some little thought is not gonna some little like little coffee cup saying isn't gonna make me feel better. But the fact that no injustice is wrong and that I am going to go to the King of Kings, I'm gonna am s- I'm gonna I'm gonna speak on, on 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 your behalf and pray that God's righteousness and justice would reign in your life. I'm gonna pray that that that, that if you're experiencing oppression, that that would be done away with, that you're deli- like that he would deliver you, that he would save you, that he would protect you, that he has promised you good things. And I'm gonna petition on on behalf for you. And that's what we get to do. And so if you're like well I don't know how to pray that's that's fine. There's 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 wherever wherever you're at in, the, in this process, that's fine. But it's not fine if you say, hey, I don't know how to pray, and I'm I'm just not going to figure it out. It's not fine. Like I, it's just weird for me to talk to God. Okay, I I get it is weird. But there's, there's 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 ways to learn. And and this is isn't even like praying out loud. Like it's weird to pray out loud. Sure, that's that's fine. Just start doing it, and it won't be weird anymore but but specifically for writing like or or, or even 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 like in this what I'm talking about petitioning you don't even have to say it out loud this could be something where you take a psalm and you begin to write it until your words come and then just just start writing and when you're and, and by writing I mean start praying you know the first step to prayer is to pray and if you don't know what to say then take one of these psalms that have been written by people who've experienced tremendous heartbreak and tremendous success successes, and they'll f- they'll give you language to begin your own prayer life because you know what people need you to do this for them. People need you to 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 to, to stand in the gap to intercede along with them. People need you to walk and to bear their burdens and to and to to, to speak and to pray on their behalf and to sp in into spaces. And I believe that prayer will change. It changes spaces. It changes things prayer isn't just something that we do just because we're supposed to prayer is something that matters and things change and shake in spaces that we can't see because we pray and so let's not just like let's not be 6 weeks from now or, d- or a year from now be in the same space, like let's grow in this, that like no. like we are a praying people and we've learned how to intercede for people and we've learned how to pray and we've learned how to journal prayer because we know that God is a God of justice, that he's one that sets people free, that his reign will never end and he deserves all the praise and glory and and, and when it seems like the evil is winning, we will remind him that he is a God of justice and of, of righteousness and he's promised to deliver us and that he would come through and God, will you come through? I believe you'll come through. Would you pray with me? So, Lord Jesus, we ask that you move today, God. I pray that you would just create this. Honestly, this this I don't know why the word "prayer warriors" come to mind. It sounds so cheesy, and I hate that there's not another word that I'm saying. But God, just this group of people that just loves to pray and isn't afraid to pray and isn't and, and isn't afraid to come to you and to petition for you. When we see brokenness in the world, when we see evil in this world, that God, your kingdom isn't supposed to be like this. That, that and we, when we do, we beg as Jesus taught us to pray that your kingdom come, God. The the attributes of justice of, of about salvation, about your your praise and, and the blessing that comes from you, God. That that would just that would just resonate and come into uh, God. Your kingdom would come in Mission City. Uh, on earth it is in heaven, God. Your kingdom would come to Miriam on earth as it is in heaven. It would come to mission on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, God, in Kansas City on, on earth as it is in heaven. It would come into our lives and our hearts and our minds on earth as it is in heaven, God. Would you move? But, God, would you teach us to pray? And, God, will we just stay the same? Will we not just make excuses? But, God, will we grow? pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mission State Church Podcast.